used to want it and get these with my dad. They don't want to get a nasty tweet from Donald Trump. I wish he'd stay off Twitter. I don't care. I don't care it is. Well, either way. Why are you here? You're supposed to be asleep. I am here determined to stop this future atrocity. It's just not a natural thing we would do in our society. You don't see that. Yes. Two things that have only never let me down in this entire country's history. The First Amendment and Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Let me tell you, the one that matters is me. Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, ask the same question of their listeners, and here's their response. He made me sit and watch an entire documentary about shark attacks. It wasn't at that point a business meeting, it was just watching Shark Week. Yeah. I give you America itself! This is Ed McMahon. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. Hey, didn't we let room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound? It's Tuesday. It's got that Tuesday feel. And uh, today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Caravans of illegals making their way toward the United States. Um. Uh, well, we yeah, we, yeah, we got to acknowledge this. Joe is clearly on the telephone. Why is Joe on the what? telephone? Are we allowed to say why you're on the telephone? Yeah, I just, I have jury duty. Okay. And we'll, uh. We'll leave it at that. But yeah, we had but all. That's sorts why of you're at. You're not. You're here. Or you're not in the courtroom, work. though. You're at home, right? Correct. Yeah. So Joe is broadcasting from his home. Now, are you in the uh, like dining room, living room, bedroom, bathroom? Where are you? I am in Judy's craft room. You're in the craft room. <laughs> wow. How, right. how, mm. Why do you ask? I just wondered. Just trying to, we're trying to picture it. It's theater yeah. of the mind. Is that where yeah. scrapbooking yeah. occurs and quilting, perhaps? Right. Quilting, I hear the sicko has returned from his hangover. Hi. I'll pursue that in a while. Uh, yes, this is where this is where my sweet wife does her quilting and uh, and similar crafts. Yes, that's uh, so. It's got the smell it, of uh, yarn and glue and uh, and homespun. You don't use yarn to quilt or glue. <laughs> I'm just picturing other crafts in addition to quilts. Unless she is, I don't know, I don't know that much about the world of craft. Maybe it's very segmented. Maybe quilting people hate people who do string art and vice versa, and will have no part of it. I don't know. I bring it up as little as possible. <laughs> um, so uh, so Joe's from his house, and uh, that's very exciting. So now we're on the, we had a super fancy, um, expensive setup. Can I hear what that sounds like just briefly? Because I've heard there's a problem with it. Can you, can you talk on that microphone just for fun? Sure. So yeah. this, this is what it sounds like in the super fancy hookup we got. You guys got it up? Here I am. Yeah. Okay. on the super fancy. So setup. obviously the voice quality sounds Hi. much better, better, but it sounds like you're by the ocean. Hi. Yeah. Yeah. You me by the ocean if you want. Yeah, oh. so you could have said, well, I'm here. I'm the here bikinis in my bikinis are getting so skimpy these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the, the quality of the, it, it sounds like you're in the studio except for the ocean sound and effect. Close which, the window. <laughs> which we're trying to get rid of that sound effect. Is that a whale? <laughs> He's whale watching. Gotcha. <laughs> That's supposed to be a foghorn. Yeah. Oh, okay. There you go. Okay. okay. I'm back on the phone. So now he's going back to the phone. Um, so let's introduce everybody in the squad. We'll start over there with our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? Uh, good. Uh, Joe, since you're in, the, uh, in that little craft room, could you make me something? Maybe just like a little 
I don't know, scarf or something while, you, while you're waiting yeah, for your trial Exactly. To start. During the commercials, you could knit us all scarves. How about a tote bag, Michael? Tote that, bag. That tote would be bag. cool. Not bad. Tote bag would be nice. Um, and there is Positive Sean, who returns from his dead bed, deathbed, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Uh, doing very well, and I, I wanted to bring something uh, upon my return for, for thank you for, for operating without me. I know it must have been very difficult, but you will never tell me that because you are, you are stoic individuals. But I know you guys talked about Scott Foster, the man who was brought into action as a emergency backup goalie for the Chicago Blackhawks, but you did not play any of his audio from the press conference he did post-game. I believe that's correct. I give you this gift here, one Scott Foster. It's fun to be part of. What are you going to tell your buddies at goal tomorrow? Uh, I made about 30 saves and a, a one nothing win. <laughs> What's the name of your barely team? A couple of them. 200 by 85, size of the rink, and uh, white company or something. It changes every year, I think. Whoever's willing to fork out some money, uh, you know, put their name on the front, maybe buy a couple drinks. So what's your day job? I'm an accountant by day, so a few hours ago I was sitting on my computer typing on a 10 key, and now I'm uh, standing in front of you guys, just finished 14 and a half minutes of NHL hockey. <laughs> Did you get any advice before you went out? Uh, I don't think I heard anything other than put your helmet on, and, uh, <laughs> and now I'm standing here. You see Joel Quenwell just laughing as you were getting on the ice? I think I would too. <laughs> Don't let your dreams become memes, people. Just uh, keep on moving, keep on plugging away. I love this dude. Yeah, that's a good story. It's gotten a lot of attention. It should. The he's, whole I'm an accountant during the day playing major league sports at night unexpectedly is, is funny. He's in a couple of beer leagues. Like, yeah. That's amazing. That aren't even important enough to know the name of. Uh, there's Marshall Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? I, uh, I'm uh, doing very well. You know, after a disastrous weekend of investment in sport, I have been talked into getting back up on the horse, so to speak, and make another round of financial plays. The lottery is not a sport, but back to you. <laughs> no, no, this this uh, deals with the upcoming golfing contest, mm. the Masters. Well, Joe's the expert on that. Yes, so I am uh, going to uh, be uh, making some more investment, and once again, if I win big, I'll bring home the bacon for Joe, everyone. did I read that Tiger Woods is favored by some people? Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. It's mostly because everybody's excited about it, and Vegas thinks he can get a million bets because he's actually playing reasonably well. But he's the not, idea that he's the favorite is ridiculous. He's not actually the the favored to win in your mind. No, not in my mind. Yeah. No. God, that'd no. be something, he, though. He would be the most popular bet to make. Oh, and, and God, the viewership. That that it would get if he were yeah. if he were anywhere in the hunt come Sunday. Oh my God, I'd tune in. Right. And oh, I, yeah. And and I wouldn't even have known the tournament was happening if it weren't for the fact that Tiger Woods right. is the favorite. That's how big he is to the sport. Right. I just want to uh, reassure Joe, I am uh, not investing in Mr. Tiger Woods. Okay. He is not in my playbook. The lottery is not a sport. <laughs> uh, Joe, when do you want to do your questioning of one Sean Thomas? Oh, my God. Grilling him over his, uh, his, mm-hmm. his excuse. Do you want to do that next? <laughs> Or, uh, well, or not. sure, uh, you know, I have mailbag ready as well. Awesome. Um, so we have mailbag into the craft room. I don't know if you were Building listening. three, East Wing, Getty Compound. <laughs> East Wing. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so if you weren't listening on Friday, Joe, uh, Joe uh, believes you were just hungover, is what the story was. So uh, more on that coming up, I suppose. Which I don't believe, as I said, I don't believe anybody's... Uh, uh, calling in sick has ever been questioned in the history of the Armstrong and Getty show, except for in this time. So, 
And it was, uh, well, it was scurrilous. Well, and then as long as you brought it up, you made a big deal of the fact that he was still, quote, unquote, sick on Monday. Mm-hmm. Well played, Sean, from one pro to another. Well played. <laughs> a tip of the cap, sir. <laughs> He had to. He had to double down. Exactly. Throw him off the scent. Uh, I'm, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. On this, it is. Uh, how did it get to be Tuesday, April third, the year 2018? Keeping you straight in 218. We're Armstrong and Getty. And we approve of this program. Uh, Wherever we are on Earth, we're still sticklers for FCC rules and regs. So let's begin the show officially now. At Mark, this incredible house or building or whatever you want to call it, because there really is no name for it. It is special. And we keep it in tip-top shape. We call it sometimes tippy-top shape. There you go. (laughs) Was that one of the interviews he did with the Easter Bunny standing by him? I always find those hilarious. I have for years. Clinton, Bush, Obama. Anytime the President of the United States is pictured with the Easter Bunny standing next to them. Just just damned funny. Uh, What What are our other headlines, Mark? Building... What nameless building was he referring to? The, the White House. Yeah, I think the White House. Yeah, yeah he was pointing to the White House. Yeah. <laughs> it's we don't have a name for it, but sometimes we call it tippy top shape. <laughs> sometimes we call it the White House. Um, Trump is uh, saying one CNN anchor should uh, be suspended for yelling a question about the DACA kids while he was um, uh, doing stuff with little children, which... I suppose we'll talk about that later. Because eh, you don't need to be uh, shouting questions about children at the president when he's with little kids. I don't think. But uh, more on that later. What are other headlines, Marshall? Well, Trump keeping America safe from a caravan of migrants moving closer and closer to the U.S. Dashcam video of the Sacramento County Sheriff's deputy striking a protester has been released. And Netflix is looking to hire binge watchers. We have details coming up, 635, Armstrong and Getty. Oh, they're going to get a lot of applications. I filled out seven with different names. I'm hoping hoping one of them gets through. Yeah, but how's mailbag look? Joe doesn't have any opinion on mailbag. Um, I believe that his butler is rubbing his feet currently. I'm sorry. My wife was trying to talk to me. The hazards of doing the show at home. Yeah, I know. Uh Uh, Is the butler rubbing your feet while you do mailbag coming up? No, it's Sleeve Boy is doing it. Oh, Sleeve Boy, your caress is so gentle. (laughs) All that's on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. we got to talk more about the Sinclair TV network thing because that's getting more and more attention. And uh, so I think we should drill down on that story. We played some of the audio uh, yesterday. Um, Also, what's the other thing? Oh, Joe's doing jury duty, so he's at home. And we're pro-jury duty on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Always have been. We're not one of those, here's a great excuse to get out of jury duty sort of people. Uh, You should do jury duty. it, It ignores that ignores the fact that it's a sacred constitutional right and that everywhere on earth where you don't get a trial by jury by your peers is a human rights nightmare. Well, and, it, anyway. and it's how we end up with some of these judgments that happen across the country that are destroying our nation. It, it could be argued the jury pool should be stronger than it occasionally is. Some mm-hmm. people might make that argument. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm pro-jury duty, which is, uh, you know, I, n- I never get called, so, you know, 
I think there's probably I've warned them. <laughs> message sent and received, so I get it. Yeah, I do want to talk about that Sinclair thing, man. I find it absolutely hilarious. A lot of the commentary I'm hearing about it, but that moment will come. Yeah, right even now, f- the moment has come for. Oh, sorry. Even from some of my favorite commentators, I'm uh, I'm I'm amazed by their take on that state-run television. Not something we're supposed to have in the United States of America. You know that sort of thing. Really, really interesting. So, please, God, what a joke! Mailbag. Wee. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day from old-timey Secretary of State Dean Acheson, who said, and I quote, No people in history have ever survived who thought they could protect their freedom by making themselves inoffensive to their enemies. Peace through strength. I'll, I'll think about that strongly throughout the day. I'll ponder it. I'll roll it over in my mind. Please do. Speaking of strong regimes... On a family visit this week, writes uh, KRD in NY, I saw this and other Third Reich uh, touting t-shirts and souvenirs in Japan. Hitler t-shirts are all the rage and for sale all over Tokyo. Because of what? I don't know. Here's a t-shirt. has a Der Fuhrer given his uh, trademark salute. It says Hitler, European tour, 19, whatever, 39 through 45. Well, so it's just kind of uh, quirky, campy, funny. I mean, it'd be hard to explain to other countries why so many of our college students wear Che Guevara t-shirts. Um, so it'd be hard for them to explain it too, because they're morons. <laughs> but so, did it just kind of catch on? I mean, that's a hell of a thing. That's a hell of a that's a hell of a joke. That would not fly here in the United States. Well, and Kevin points out, getting back to his email, this is what happens when Japanese school children are not taught history. They wear T-shirts with images of a man who started a war that cost 50 to 60 million lives. Some say 80 million. How many U.S. lives were lost fighting this evil? And now our Japanese allies celebrate its embodiment. Well, oh, and yeah, and uh, well, I don't think they're just celebrating it. You know, I think that's a stretch. But um, it's uh, that's interesting. And you realize you know, you, you guys were kind of in league with Hitler there on on the wrong side of things. So uh, yeah, well, I'm yeah, not a fan of Hitler. That's right, Mr. President, sir. Uh, moving along, there's uh, Chris writes, uh, I was ticked at Marshall's reporting. Thought there was some spin in his news, and evidently he went online with his opinion. He says, a few listeners have scolded me, claiming Marshall merely reads scripts handed to him from your radio station. <laughs> well, and I'm wrong, quite a few, but um, I say Marshall picks his stories and words in his news. Um, Marshall is actually an animatronic doll, Chris, that we control, doing one of our clever character voices. Marshall doesn't even exist. <laughs> Thanks for that. Hey, I got, I'm having trouble here with the theater of the mind. So you're, you're in your house, you're in the crafting room. What sure. kind, of, what kind yeah. of chair are you sitting in? Or are you standing? No, I'm sitting in a wooden chair. It's kind of a, uh, like a wooden desk chair. And are you, are you in a robe? Are you nude? Are you clothed in business attire? What are you wearing? Well, no, because I can't be trusted to eat or drink without getting it on me. I am wearing uh, my uh, Nike warm-up pants and a actually an Armstrong and Getty T-shirt back when we used to have those, and uh, and a pair of slippers. So you're wearing sweats be... and an old radio tee, much like a, a homeless person. <laughs> <laughs> a little, a lot like it. Mm-hmm. But you should see my home. Um, 
I will be changing into my grown-up clothes later. And then you have a buffet. Of my yogurt has passed. And then there's a buffet spread that the chefs prepare for breakfast. So you just you go and it's all you can eat, I believe. Uh, You know, it's funny. I don't even think of that anymore because they do whip it up every single morning. And many days, I just walk past and ignore it, and they uh, they throw all the food away. You call that a fruit salad? (laughs) He screams out the door. Yeah, and it's 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 sad too because they catch the salmon for me every morning yeah. fresh. But you <laughs> you regularly throw it away because you just you not in the mood. Uh, moving along. Oh, do you want more theater of the mind? No, I'm fine. <laughs> I think I'm good. You bothered to show up to work today, so <laughs> I let you call the shot. <laughs> Here's a nice note from Frank on the topic of Sinclair Broadcasting. If you saw the episode on John Oliver's show about Sinclair Broadcasting, it's a bit darker than you try to portray. They are all pretty much Trump turds. Very right wing. Okay, I don't. We'll, we'll address to you. We'll address you and your cute little concerns a little later. I'm not. I'm not a fan of that term you just used. I uh, like to keep that <laughs> off the air if possible. Well, you know, I, I read them as I see them. Sure. Uh, here's an interesting note from CJ. A complete change of topic, guys. China taxes itself, and here's a quote from some business article from June of last year. Counting across the board with multi-country headquarters in the United States, Hong Kong, and China, WH Group LLC dominates pork production with the acquisition of U.S. largest dog producer, Smithfield Foods, in 2013, blah, blah, blah. So I guess there's some Chinese concern that already owns a bunch of our hogs. And they're, uh, what, what are they, they're gonna, how they, why is that a danger? No, they're going to, well, I don't want communists owning our delicious hog meat, honestly. <laughs> I consider... Pork to be in a, a, a strategic resource. Sure, I but saw. His point is that they're putting a tariff on their own goods. I guess I saw a number of headlines yesterday regarding the the tariffs in, Japan, in China and that sort of thing. Wine and swine and wine. Um, uh, I guess because it rhymes, it. it uh, I saw it several different places. I don't know if the script went out to Sinclair or what, but everybody was saying swine and wine all day long. Right, right, and a list of like thirty-seven different fruits. Dirty commies. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. We've been buying your underpants and your crappily built lamps and, and everything else for, you know, the last 20 years. We'll see I would love like it, it if cheap Chinese stuff got expensive enough that we didn't buy it because it's worthless. God, what did my kids get? Oh, the, the Easter, Easter Bunny brought them whoopee cushions for some reason. Um, <laughs> Easter Bunny loves a good fart joke. Nothing says resurrection like a whoopee cushion, but... um. Uh, just, I mean, they, they blew out their O-rings like the first time you use them because they're just, everything from China is so cheaply made. It's just crap. You might as well not even own it. It breaks so fast. It's just worthless. I, I wish we yeah, had I somehow. my granddad had a, had a, had a Detroit wool cushion made by General Motors. <laughs> but just toys. It was 18 pounds. <laughs> toys, Hard tools, primary. all kinds China. of stuff from China that's just crap. We shouldn't even, it shouldn't even exist. It's so worthless. And we buy it all the time because we want the cheapest of everything yeah yep it's terrible it's tragic uh i don't really have time for another email do i um mm. apparently not i hear the music so uh, marshall's chef, chef chef the hollandaise sauce is a bit tart <laughs> yes this is two days in a row i'm sorry what were you saying wow wow <laughs> So he's uh, he's probably on the way out with the hollandaise sauce being tart two days in a row on the breakfast buffet. I'm not happy. <laughs> Which I assume they've all been able to pick up your moods just from the look on your face, the furrow of your brow. On Marshall's News next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. 
So much going on every day. Giant stories that don't get much attention like they would have in the old days. Um, stock market, huge drop. Yep. I mean, we're, we're at the point now because I certainly poo-pooed a number of big drops because one day's, you know, 1% mm-hmm. drop, who cares? But we're starting to accumulate some big drops. Yep. And, uh, you know, you got to wonder where we're no, headed. Put them, put them away now. Put them away now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm yelling at the gamekeeper. He's got the peacocks out, and the tiger makes him so nervous. <laughs> Joe is at his home today because he has jury duty, so he's broadcasting from his home. And, man, uh, dealing with his servants seems to take all of his time. Uh, the Getty estate. Oh. <laughs> this, this is this is why I come to work. There's too much pressure here. <laughs> Let's get to the news now with Marshall Phillips. Now President Trump is tweeting again, and Mexico is listening. He's been tweeting this morning about a caravan of more than 1,000 Central American migrants hoping to get asylum in the U.S. Trump writing, the big caravan of people from Honduras now coming across Mexico and heading to our weak laws border. They had better be stopped before it gets there. The president continuing his tweet, adding, cash cow NAFTA's in play, as is foreign aid to Honduras and the countries that allow this to happen. Congress must act now, all in caps. Hours before Trump took to Twitter, Mexican immigration said they were planning to largely disband that caravan. They said they'd allow the most vulnerable people, including pregnant women, people with disabilities, and people with chronic illnesses, to stay in the country. Others, they say, will have to leave by Wednesday. So this caravan, it's uh, something that happens every year, and there's a bunch of activists. Are they activists for open borders? Is that what they're activists for, Joe, do you know? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I've switched to a microphone arrangement. Does this sound any good, or should I go back? To the sounds microphone? great. Actually, sounds better. Yeah. Okay. Really? How yeah. interesting. Okay. Well, yeah, it's it's human, quote-unquote, human rights, immigration activists, I'm sorry, no, I'm messing with it, human, immigration activist types that believe in open borders and free flow of people, and what they're trying to do is get this roughly 1,300 people across the border in the United States where they'll be given a notice to appear in court, 90% of them won't, and they're in. Yeah. Uh, and I can understand why you'd want to get in. I saw the, the the Mexican ambassador to the United States interviewed yesterday, and he was being uh, uh, grilled. They repatriated, I think, 120, they call it repatriating. Right. Um, they deport. They deport 125,000 people, I think, just last year? In Mexico, they boot people out by the tens of thousands. They call it repatriating them. They don't allow people to show up in Mexico and just set up and shop and live there. But whenever we try to stop Mexican people from doing it in the United States, of course, they howl and act like we're, you know. And, and, and our own population, to a certain extent, buys into their narrative that it's just a horror that we want to repatriate people to Mexico. Mexico does it by the tens of thousands every single year. It's amazing. Sacramento County Sheriff Scott Jones is saying an investigation is underway after a sheriff's patrol vehicle struck a protester and then drove away on Saturday night during a demonstration. Jones releasing dash cam video from two patrol vehicles on the scene surrounded by protesters. Talking about the one car in question. The deputy continued uh, forward without any apparent indication or awareness that he had struck her. 
There was no audible acknowledgement of any kind and no change whatsoever in his movement forward. Now, the video showed a group of what the sheriff is calling professional protesters and instigators surrounding those vehicles. There are paid protesters and paid people to instigate, just as there are paid folks that monitor protests and video camera for their own purposes. Now, he went on to say that the group was not part of the larger protests that have been going on. People have been taking to the streets to demonstrate about the police shooting of an unarmed black man, Stefan Clark. So anyway, the dash cam videos are out, and the sheriff said he's not sure the driver uh, who hit the one protester or clipped the one protester was even aware that that happened. Well, and it was, listen, it's a small group of professional slash repeat agitators. The chick hurled herself in front of the car to make herself a martyr. It's absolutely obvious if you watch the video. She's perfectly fine. It's fake story. Fake news. Fake news. That's something that the sheriff uh, himself is calling them out as professional yeah. protesters, not just the media reporting on that. So, um, yeah. Well, and, it's, it's true. And do we have the audio still of the lawyer screaming, oh, my God, because... That's my favorite part of this whole thing is she gets bumped by the slow-moving car, the lawyer who's got his phone ready to go when it happens screaming, oh, my God, as if she's just <laughs> been run over by a train and is in pieces. Yeah. Uh, you have that I'll over have there? To, I'll have to track that. Right. I don't know. I've, I've been out well, sick, you yeah. guys. Yeah, right. Yep, yeah. Sick, all right. It's an illness. That's right. Alcoholism is an illness. Oh, wow. Wow. How did you hear that? Jeez. Wow. Oh, man. Wow. It turns out, my friends, Netflix is looking to pay people to do something you might already be doing, and that's binge-watching TV shows and other shows. Netflix announcing it's looking for people to fill editorial analyst jobs that include watching, rating, and categorizing original and imported programming. That would be the greatest you know what else job. Netflix is. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, that's it. You know what else Netflix is doing, Marshall? What's that? You know what else they're paying for? Advertising. Okay. <laughs> no, that would be the world's greatest job, though, to binge watch television shows and tell people whether or not you know you got hooked on it or not. Yeah, I kind of like this yeah, one. Kind of didn't like that one. Well, and they know it. It sounds like the best thing in the world. So they'll get news people from all over the country to remind us all. We ought to be watching more Netflix. Well, if Villanova rules men's college basketball, the Wildcats winning the NCAA men's title for the second time in three years last night, they routed Michigan 79-62 in San Antonio. Vincenzo walking it up. Five seconds, four seconds. That's going to do it. Michigan ran into a supernova tonight. For the second time in three years, Nova is number one. Villanova, your 2018 national champion. Super, supernova. Okay. Um, the, the most interesting thing of that is I uh, saw a little interview with the coach. Why have they won two of the last uh, three national titles? They took the Golden State Warriors playbook. He's looking for great shooters, not giant stars going to be in the NBA or whatever, maybe, although they might be with the modern NBA. He just finds a whole bunch of great shooters that can shoot the lights out from from outside, and that's what they how they roll over people. Interesting. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. You're talking about space and pace there with the uh, the game plan they're running there. You want to space the floor. You want to get the pace high tempo, maximize the number of shots. You're trying to get those three-pointer variables working in your favor. Back there you to go. you, Jack. <laughs> Thank you. Back to me. Uh, Joe is broadcasting from his house. He has jury duty today, but he'll be hanging around with us for a while. Hopefully oh, he gets no. that whole tiger now the, and peacock the Komodo, 
the Komodo dragon has gotten into the panda's bamboo. <laughs> Wow, the stress, the stress of living on your compound. Oh, wow. It is. It is no wonder why you come into work every day just for just for a little relaxation, get away from it all. You need a chief of staff, like a John Kelly sort of person that handles all these things. Um, we got to get into a variety of pieces of news of the day, including the whole Sinclair Sinclair broadcast thing that we reported on yesterday. It, it's blown up as a national story. As anchors all across the country read the same uh, prepared piece, and uh, some people have the view of it that it is state-controlled media, and it's a horror, and it's like the Soviet Union. So we'll get into that coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. nation. Armstrong and Getty Show. You know, as the internet gets to broader scale and some of these services reach a, a bigger scale than anything has before, we're constantly confronted with new challenges. And I try to judge our success not by, you know, are there no problems that come up, but when an issue comes up, can we deal with it responsibly and make sure that um, that we can address it so that, that those kind of issues don't come up uh, again in the future. Okay, that was labeled as Mark Zuckerberg fires back at Tim Cook. I didn't quite catch the firing back. Ooh. Tim, Tim, ooh, burned him. Uh, Tim Cook, who was the guy that had an apple, he, uh, he said last week, he said, we could make a lot of money, too, if we wanted to use people's personal information, but we've chosen not to, which was, you know, really firing at uh, Facebook. Welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Joe is at home uh, as he has jury duty today broadcasting from his palatial estate. Joe? Greetings, everyone. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, in terms of uh, uh, battles of the tech heavyweights, and boy, tech stocks are uh, are leading the way down uh, in the last couple of weeks, but that was quite a shot at Facebook. Hey, we could make a, as much money as we wanted to. We'd make a tremendous amount of money if we decided to abuse people's information. But we choose not to here at Apple. That's that's a heck of a, well, a it charge. Has, it has to be something to considered. I mean, given the amount of gear that they sell and the way Apple gear all connects to other Apple gear, mm-hmm. you know, fairly seamlessly and the rest of it, the idea of starting up an Apple social network is just a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. So it was clearly a conscious decision to pass up the zillions of dollars available in that direction. So it must be something it's got to be, you know, principle based, because why would you pass up the money? Um, Well, Apple's part of the Apple thing is uh, privacy. There was a story last week. I think the government announced that they can get into any Apple product now. I didn't follow up on that because uh, Apple for a long time has been on the on the side of the the, the, the privacy uh, end of things and and wanting to uh, keep the government and them out of your personal stuff. I don't know where that's going to end up, but a different view than certainly Google and Facebook has, whereas their whole model is using your personal stuff for profit. So I missed that completely. Now the government can get into our Apple stuff? I saw, right? I saw that headline last week. Let me dig that up. I'll get into that later. So, so yeah, the, the quote-unquote the uncrackable iPhone. Mm-hmm. Remember, they needed those backdoor right. keys, and they were trying to get Apple. Somebody came up with a program to where I think it's the the iPhone 5, like the 5S and newer, 
can be cracked with this device that this guy came up with. Oh, that's why I got to get back to my old original iPhone. It's like a little brick. Yeah, I, I, from my brief understanding of it, those ones are vulnerable in their own ways. The pre five S, they don't they don't have the same security I don't, I don't measures. Could, but I don't think you could use one of those if you wanted to. Right. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll come up with the details on that. I was disappointed when I saw the headline. I mean, I I like the idea of my phone can't be cracked by the government. That's a hell of an interesting constitutional question, though. Whether or not we get to a we're allowed as citizens to have a a safe, uh, a, a, a file drawer or whatever that n- the government can't get into under any circumstances, no matter what's going on. That's It's never happened before in U.S. history that I'm aware of. No. Now, I'm trying to think of the right metaphor, too, because I've heard people say that, well, you can't have a safe that the government just can never get into. You can have a safe where you tell them, I'm not opening it. If you want it open, you open it. Um, and and you can just hide stuff. And maybe maybe the right metaphor for an uncrackable phone is a hidey hole. It's a hole you dug out in the woods. You know, four pines from the left. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't know. That that really is an interesting constitutional issue, and I'm sure we'll get into it. It's ironic though that um, that anybody be really concerned about anybody having a shred of privacy left, given how little there is. Yeah. Uh, Reuters poll, I'm sorry, that's not the right one. It's a Rasmussen poll had President Trump hitting 50% yesterday, which puts him higher than Barack Obama in that poll at the same point in his first term. Uh, Barack Obama was getting beat up over health care at that point. That's uh, That poll has him the, higher than anybody else, so it's a bit of an outlier, but Trump is at 50% in that poll. Uh, Trump tweeted about that yesterday, thanking Rasmussen for their excellent polling, which is kind of funny. <laughs> Um, for being such an honest poll, and and dropped a cheating Obama as a nickname for Obama. I'm not exactly sure what that referred to. Do you know what that is, cheating Obama? Uh, no, I missed that. I'm not sure he needs a nickname at this point. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I don't know where that gets you, but of course, uh, I don't know. It just, I don't. We live in such a weird time now. Uh, that where where presidents uh, comment on polls and give a thumbs up to the good ones, <laughs> call liars to the bad ones, and I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, you know, occasionally I sit around and I fantasize about when this era of nuttiness is over. And I think maybe it never ends. I don't know. I don't know. We're, we're not going to have another Trump in the White House, that's for sure. I got into this discussion at the, at the Stanford Roundtable, which um, I'm going to mention being at Stanford as often as I can for the rest of my life. Uh, just like the people that all graduated from those kind of universities worked it into the conversation at the dinner table. But um, Boy, it's hot today. Almost as hot as, like, August when I was at Stanford. Anyway, <laughs> exactly. potatoes. That sort of thing. Um, uh, I, 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 asked, I posed the question. I said, do you think this pace, this, this whole thing is ever going to settle down? And they all, eh, I, I'm assuming most of them were Trump haters, but... Uh, they all believed as soon as Trump leaves, we're back to normal. I don't think so. I, I don't think we go back to normal. It won't be the same as Trump because you won't have somebody in the White House that that you know tweets out these uh, uh, th- these things to try to royal the press or whatever. But I think this um, s- super partisanship, uh, going out of your way to believe the most extreme views of things, uh, th- I think I don't think that's going to end with Trump leaving. No, well, I hope, I hope, well, I hope you're wrong, but no, I, I think that's going to go on for a very long time, maybe forever. I don't know until we have a, a cataclysm, a war, or something like that. I mean, it's just it's the way societies go. 
Boy, there's something to look forward it, to. It seems to be almost the natural finishing point when you only have two choices, is that you just get farther and farther kind of driven to, well, which side are you on? Which one yeah. of these are you? And I think the only way to really kind of get rid of that is to have more viable parties. I, I, uh, we could go through something like what France went to, has gone through, Italy has gone through, where somebody, actually a different party, just throwing aside the parties that have dominated for decades and decades comes through, and, and we give that a whirl. And maybe then that works or doesn't, but that might pe- calm people down a little bit. I don't know. We'll see. I hope well, I live long enough know, to find Trump, out. Trump may indeed be viewed by history as the first step in that direction. Sure. Um, I actually agree with Positive Sean. I kind of wish there were four or five parties around and they had to share power and that sort of thing. Although, you know, it's funny. We've been talking about the, the nuclear option in the Senate, the filibuster rule and the rest of it, how if you got rid of it, then the, the governance of the country might veer back and forth between the parties. But the situation we have right now is, is you know, each party blocks the other one from really doing anything. So you don't really get an idea of what that party would have done if they'd gotten, really gotten the reins of power. And so we think, well, that didn't work. And two years later, we vote the other guys in, then we just keep going back and forth. Yeah, that's, uh, well, we're the world's oldest democracy, and we're uh, we're showing where you end up at this point, and we'll see, we'll see how that turns out. Uh, Joe does sound a little uh, different than usual. It's because he's at home. He's got jury duty today, so he's broadcasting from his from his estate. I assume he's sitting by the pool, legs up. Servants waiting on him. That's what I'm picturing, anyway. The bumper, the bumper. I'm sorry. The maid is polishing the Bentley, and she did a great job on the first two. But that's what you're. She's she's polishing his Bentley.